Hello and welcome to Ag PhD Radio. I'm Darren Hefty. And I'm Brian Hefty. Thanks for joining us today. Today in the show, we're going to talk about flag leaf fungicides for wheat, but we would be happy to take your phone call and talk about anything that's happening in your farm. Our number here is 844-44-AG-PHD. That's 844-442-4743. Or send us an email, radio at agphd.com. Okay, I got I want to talk about early planting. And uh, before I get to that, I, I just want to say a couple things about flag leaf fungicides. Now, I realize if you plant spring wheat, you might not even have your wheat in the ground yet. And you go, guys, what are you talking about flag leaf fungicides for? Well, look, our show is on all over the United States and Canada. And so sometimes for your farm, the timings might not hit. All right. But we do want to talk about this because there are some farmers who are at flag leaf right now. And even though that's the timing where the least amount of fungicide gets used, it's the timing when we usually see the most yield gain. The flag leaf is the most important leaf on that wheat plant. So if you've never sprayed at that timing before, I mean, chances are you've sprayed at herbicide timing. Chances are you've sprayed at heading. But consider spraying at flag leaf. All right. All crops are worth a lot more money than they were a year ago today. So I'm just saying you can take a look at this, try it at least on a few acres, see if you're seeing advantage, and then you'll know for the future, oh, yeah, I probably should be getting a spray done at flag leaf timing. And the big thing that I will say is use a fungicide. Okay, it's not necessarily which fungicide you're going to use. Now, we're going to talk through some fungicides today. There are a lot of great ones. But the bigger choice is to spray or not. All right, so anyway, we'll talk flag leaf fungicides throughout the show. Darren and I, right before the show, were talking about a farmer delaying corn planting because the soil's a little cold. Look. Okay. I got two Look. cold soil questions here Look. too that would play into this. Okay, well let's just let's do that then, and then I can go on my rant about hey, just plant based on the calendar rather than the temperature. So anyway, uh, let's do the ag pH or go to the ag pH mailbag. It's the mailbag. All right, so two questions here. Let me read them both, Brian, because I think your answer is going to cover both of them here. So first of all, from Diego down in Argentina, he said, guys, we're finishing up harvest around here, and we're looking for some time off to start planning for next season. But I got a question for you. In your cold weather and in no-till or reduced-till ground, your soil temperature is probably not even all the way across the field. Just wondering what you do to get even germination. Do you use row cleaners to move residue out of the way so forth? And then Gabriel said i plant seed beans for a big retailer they have a plant date they don't want me to plant them before because they're worried about germination i'm wondering are there any micro or major nutrients or any of your naturals anything else that you feel help early planted beans to survive better we've had our own seed testing lab here at ag phd for over 25 years and so i i got to do a lot of that work starting 25 years ago set the lab up everything else and i was very interested in seed-treated soybeans versus untreated soybeans. The seed-treated soybeans always had a way better germination percentage. That's the first thing. Are there more naturals you can throw with that to make it germ just a little better? Yeah, probably. Here's the other thing. Germ just because something has a poor germination score doesn't mean all those plants actually died. What it means is they may have died, yes, but they also may not have sprouted like normal. Okay, and that's where we can affect things more than anything else. 
So what I'm trying to say here is, can you help your seed by using better seed treatments, even by putting in infero fungicide, infero fertilizer at a low rate and a low salt product, uh, using infero insecticide, things like that? Can you help that germination a little bit? Yes. Yes, you can. Now, to think that we're going to help it dramatically, no, and to usually, and to think that we're going to help it to the point where you're going to not listen to the company that's going to buy the crop from you in the end? No, you follow whatever they tell you you need to do, okay? Or you work it out with them somehow. I'm not, I don't want to get in the middle of that. But in terms of this early planting thing, we really like early planting because on average, we have higher yields. That's just the way it is. We have short growing season here in the northern part of the United States. And it's been proven for decades now that if you wait to plant until after the soil's warm, you lose yield. The first year where we had some high yield farmers on our farm raising crops, and I mean, these are like yield champs from around the country, around the United States. Uh, this was back six years ago now. Uh, seven, seven years ago now. And they were debating about, well, should we wait for 56 or 57 degree soil temps? And I was telling our research lead, Glenn, I'm like, Glenn, why are we not planting? And he goes, well, the guys want us to wait for 56 or 57 degree soil temps. And I go, well, I don't want to wait for that. We planted our whole field weeks ago. And, and anyway, uh, he's like, well, I just don't think it'd be fair if, you know, you plant and then they plant later. So I said, fine, I'll just show you in the end what's going to happen here. And sure enough, the whole field of corn, the whole field that was treated no more special than we normally do, we averaged 260 bushel corn. There wasn't a single plot in these high yield plots from these really high yield farmers, spent all kinds of money, everything else. There wasn't a single one of those that hit 260. You can't wait and plant late. You have to plant early. I don't care if the soil's cold. The soil's going to warm up pretty quick. By the way, we have a, a weather station. South Dakota State University has a weather station on our farm. So I look at soil temps every single day and also the variance every single day. Did you realize that with a lot of these soils, the soil temp at four inches deep, not two, at four inches deep will vary 10 to 15 degrees in a single day. It's that much. So if you're worried about, well, I don't know, my soil temp's only 48 and I'm waiting for 50. Yeah. In an hour, it might be 50. So don't worry about that. We always suggest plant on number one. You don't want to exceed the crop insurance date. So don't plant before the first crop insurance date. Number two, soil's got to be fit. So as long as those things are good, now I'm good to go. So I wouldn't get that worried about it. Uh, Darren, what else was that in the very first question? What else was he asking about our uh, planting up here? Uh, just wondering if, if uh, soil temperatures vary throughout the field. Yes, and they do. Yeah, I, I couldn't think of what exactly what that was. Yeah, they are going to. We don't get that worried about it. With all the things we're doing to try to pop seed out of the ground faster, it's okay. Uh, but you're, yeah, area to area, or let's put it this way, north-facing slope and south-facing slope, those are going to be different. But at least from plant to plant, it's usually fairly consistent. Stay tuned. We're going to talk about fungicides right after this. If you're looking to get the most out of your foliar nutrition and fungicide programs, ask your ag retailer about Nutex EDA from Sipcam Agro. Nutex EDA has been proven to increase foliar micronutrient tissue levels and maintain those levels for an extended period of time. When tank mixed with fungicides, Nutex EDA helps support plant health, resulting in higher quality and yields. Nutex EDA is an affordable and effective solution that should be part of every grower's high yield toolbox. 
Give your corn a strong defense against stress throughout the season with MycoApply Indoprime SC. MycoApply Indoprime SC uses four specially selected species of mycorrhizal fungi to protect your crop against stress. That means more access to water and key micronutrients while building a healthy soil structure for stronger crops for years to come. Stronger corn starts beneath the surface. Learn more about MycoApply Indoprime SC at IndoprimeCorn.com. Always read and follow label instructions. As a little girl, I always wanted to run the combine because it meant I was helping dad. And dad always said, farmers are helpers. I'm teaching that to my daughters, that farmers help our family, our neighbors, and our community. It's what I do at work. I help farmers get the equipment they need. My name is Kim, I'm a farmer, and I work for Case IH. Case IH, built by farmers. You're looking for soybeans that give you the yield you want. But when it comes to fighting your toughest weeds, you also need flexibility. Introducing Extend Flex Soybeans. Elite genetics with triple tolerance to dicamba, glyphosate, and glufosinate. The yield you want, the choice you need. Learn more at extendflexsoy.com. Always read and follow IRM where applicable, grain marketing, and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label directions. Back, you're listening to Ag PhD Radio, broadcasting from the Morton studio today. Brian got to have a little rant about early planting to start the show off. Man, this is awesome. We're having fun. We're going to go over to wheat, though, and talk a little bit. And here's something that's interesting, and we, we talked about it just briefly, but we're talking about flag leaf fungicides for wheat. And depending on what stage of growth your wheat's at, maybe you're there right now, maybe you're you just have seed in the ground or it's just coming up and you're like flag leaf that's not for a while yet it does kind of influence things here when you're making those choices for your early applications and what modes of action you want to use and which products you want to use so you can rotate things throughout the season so do keep that in mind because when we get to flag leaf uh, it's very very important stage of growth for the wheat if we want to talk about impacting yield this is the most important time to get things out there so we want to do a great job not only picking a picking the right products, but also getting it to coat that plant well. Got our friend Nick Flights with us right now with Hypro Pentair to talk just about that. Nick, uh, the coverage piece is really important. Thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me on. All right, so I know you've done a lot of work on this particular aspect of how do we get great coverage out of these products because, let's face it, if we have poor coverage and we run out there with our dicamba nozzles that we're spraying soybeans or 2,4-D nozzles, we probably aren't going to do a very good job with that flag leaf fungicide. Yeah, certainly, and, and this is an application talking about flag leaf fungicides that I think nozzles play a very important role in more so than a lot of other applications. And a lot of that comes back to the, the orientation, the nature, the structure of a, a wheat crop canopy. It, it's very vertical, very straight up and down the way it's oriented. And that vertical target can be a challenge for uniform coverage in certain spray nozzles. So if you think about a, a standard spray nozzle that sprays straight down perpendicular to the ground, uh, most of us are probably using those. We've all used them in the past. That type of nozzle struggles to provide a uniform coverage 
in a vertical uh, crop canopy or a vertical target. The, the leading edge, the front side that our sprayer is going to come to first, can receive as much as as much as a five to one ratio of coverage, you know, greater than, than the backside. So we can see this really uneven distribution of coverage and deposition of droplets. And, and ultimately that's going to impact the, the performance of our fungicide application. You know, the side that uh, receives that uh, lighter deposition is going to be a greater risk of, uh, you know, fungal disease pathogen. So one way to kind of help combat that is through the use of either dual fan nozzles or incline spray patterns. Either one is going to help offset that, and that race coverage ratio of front to back is going to be more like one and a half to one. So really, it's almost even when we start using dual fan nozzles or just nozzles with a, an incline spray pattern. It's going to help uh, give us a more uniform distribution on that flag leaf to give us better disease control. Farmers have so many things to focus on, Nick, and I, I think speaking as a farmer, uh, there are a lot of little uh parts on equipment and uh, certainly on the sprayer. We're talking about spray tips right now, and I, I get it. You're spending so much money on this great big spray rig and maybe a self-propelled spray rig, and that little nozzle makes so much difference in how things work. So it's not super expensive or anything, but there's a lot of research and technology that's gone into this. There certainly is, you know, a lot, uh, uh, continuing to be a lot, a lot more as the years go on. And kind of like you said, it, uh, it's really kind of where the rubber meets the road in spring. You can have the latest technology, you know, the best sprayer, um, the latest and greatest, but the limiting factor at times can be uh, the, the nozzles that are being used, whether they're old and worn out or damaged or uh, just not the right type of nozzle a nozzle that's very drift-prone or a nozzle that's too coarse, um, you know, can have an impact on, on the performance of that application. And when you really break it down, you know, the, if you're spraying 30,000, 40,000 acres with a set of nozzles, the cost is really pennies per acre or even less, you know. And so in the grand scheme of things, it's um, – a pretty small investment that can have a significant impact at times. Absolutely. We're talking with Nick Flights here with Pentair, and Nick did a great job helping us put together the Ag PhD Spray Tips Guide app. So download that. It's a free download for your smartphone or your tablet. You can look at all the different products that are out there, get recommendations on which tips to use, which pressure and spray volume and so forth. It's fantastic. Nick, thank you so much. Really appreciate having you on. Look forward to talking to you again. Thank you. We've got Curtis Rainbolt on with us right now. He's with BASF. Curtis, thanks for joining us. Ah, thanks for having me. It's it's interesting. When we start talking about protecting plants from disease and plant health benefits, we're often talking to some of the experts from BASF. Now, when it comes to flag leaf fungicides for wheat, I mean, certainly both of those things are important. We hear a lot about disease, about rust and other things that are coming in around that time, but also just what a difference excellent plant health can make for yield. Yeah, you know, I think it's one of our underutilized timings. You know, a lot of our customers do make the herbicide timing, which I think there's there's good value in that, and that works really well. But much of our research trials that I do as, as a tech service rep and, and work with customers, you know, we've shown a really nice yield response from those flag leaf applications, um, even in the absence of, of heavy heavy rust pressure. 
Yeah, that's that's the thing that I think a lot of growers understand. You know, I've got to keep that leaf clean, but but here's what I run into, Curtis, is well, I know I'm coming back at heading timing. And man, we're almost there by the time I get out there to spray that flag leaf. So it's really tempting to say, I just want to spray once instead of both times, but man, they are two totally different applications and we're protecting different parts of the plant. Yeah, you know, unfortunately, it, it's not easy, right, for, for the grower to, to do it because it is two very different application times. Um, you know, we think about the flag leaf and its contribution to yield, and really those two leaves below it are, are hugely important for yield. And so, you know, we've gone all season long. We want to finish that crop off as strong as we can, make sure we're getting, you know, maximum kernel size and, and good test weight. We really want to protect that flag leaf in those last couple of leaves. Um, it'd be nice if that would carry us on through that, that head application and, you know, for fusarium head scab, but it's just two totally separate um, applications. And if, if you're dealing with, with both issues, you, you do need to make two separate times. All right, Curtis, uh, get a lot of questions from farmers around products, and certainly BASF has been bringing a lot of great new products out to the market for all crops. How about in wheat? Where where are you focusing and which products are you looking to give the best return on investment at flag leaf stage? When it comes to wheat, I, I feel really strongly about our product, Nexacore. Um, Nexacore is, is a mixture of three different active ingredients. So we've got paraclostrobin, in there we've got our zemium active ingredient and then the third is it's certainly an older molecule but it's still got a real value and we and that's propiconazole um you know but those first two give us really good long-lasting residual control uh they're very effective especially as preventatives uh, but having that touch of propiconazole in there um you know just gives us that little bit of reach back in case there are a few rust spores floating around um you know we make that application we're not really seeing much but you know, they can be out there and we get that little bit of uh, of reach back control. Yeah, you know, the other thing, Curtis, at this stage, we've got a lot of farmers that that will send us information to our show, and they'll say, "Well, I'm going out there with really small wheat at herbicide timing. I'm using a lower rate at this point." And at flag leaf, we're telling farmers, "Man, you need the full rate out there. You got a big plant, a lot to protect." Uh, is that where BSF goes to with with this timing and Nexacore? Uh, very much so. You know, a lot of times at herbicide timing, when it comes to next core, we're going to, you know, recommend three and a half to five ounces, depending upon how, how much, you know, biomass is out there and what the yield target is. But uh, as we get closer to that flag leaf timing, I, I, I am typically double that, um, you know, seven to nine, 10 ounces. Um, one, there's just that much more biomass to cover, right? And we want to make sure we get it covered and uh, it's not not always easy to do. We want to get that active ingredient out there where it needs to be. Well, flag leaf is a very important timing in wheat, but of course you want to protect that plant all throughout the season. We're talking with Curtis Rainbolt right now with BASF. Curtis, thank you so much. Really appreciate having you on, and good luck this growing season. Thanks. I enjoyed it. Talking about flag leaf fungicides for wheat, also taking your calls and agronomic questions at 844-44-AG-PHD. We'll be right back. Protect your empire. Rule your fields with dual modes of action. Low-use rate Authority Supreme Herbicide from FMC combines Group 14 and Group 15 modes of action for pre-plant and pre-emergence control of key broadleaf weeds and grasses. A preventative application keeps your fields clean when it matters most to crop productivity. 
Visit your FMC retailer or ag.fmc.com to learn more. Always read and follow all label directions. Give your corn a strong defense against stress throughout the season with MycoApply Indoprime SC. MycoApply Indoprime SC uses four specially selected species of mycorrhizal fungi to protect your crop against stress. That means more access to water and key micronutrients while building a healthy soil structure for stronger crops for years to come. Stronger corn starts beneath the surface. Learn more about MycoApply Indoprime SC at IndoprimeCorn.com. Always read and follow label instructions. This is Quick Dick McDick from Tufnell asking you, have you heard of Mandaco Land Rollers? They're the ones with the green paint, and I'm not talking about the green paint that requires a technician and a laptop to fix. I'm talking about the Mandaco green paint that doesn't need fixing because it's built tough. We're talking 5 8 thick, 42-inch diameter drums, people, and I've learned never to talk about size unless you can back it up when a measuring tape gets pulled out. So keep your seed and rocks in the ground where they belong and get yourself a roller at mandaco.com. A lot goes into keeping a precision operation moving. The inputs you choose have to deliver results. New Delaro Complete Fungicide from Bayer offers unmatched consistency and the most complete disease control available. Your corn and soybeans are protected and yields higher even in unpredictable conditions. With Delaro Complete, you get results you can count on to help keep your precision operation running smoothly. Always read and follow label instructions. To learn more, visit delarocomplete.us today. You can count on AgroLiquid for precision crop nutrition. When you don't get all your potash down in the fall, when weather or market prices change your management strategy, or when you want to balance your fertilizer program with micronutrients, AgroLiquid is ready with the products and application flexibility you want for in-season crop nutrition and the research-proven results you need. AgroLiquid. Apply less. Expect more. Find a retailer at agroliquid.com. When it comes to leading herbicide formulations, you know New Farm. New Farm brings you Cheetah, a high-quality glufosinate herbicide made right here in the USA. Now for use on a wide variety of crops with glufosinate-resistant traits, including enlist crops. Its novel mode of action will manage existing or emerging herbicide resistance and provide fast, effective results. This means you can focus more on profitability and less on weeds. New Farm and Cheetah Herbicide, here to help. Back, you're listening to Ag PhD Radio. Thanks for joining us today in the Morton studio. We are talking flag leaf fungicides for wheat, and I know there's wheat all around the world at different stages of growth, so try and pick the exact right time to talk about different things. I, I was talking about it earlier, though, that we do want to rotate what we're doing a little bit. We don't want to keep using the same thing over and over and over again. So it's important to think about what are you going to use at heading timing? What are you going to use at flag leaf timing? What are you going to use at herbicide timing? It, and start making your decisions from there to make sure that you're not going to cause any problems on your farm. Got Ryan Hunt with us right now with FMC. He's up in North Dakota. Ryan, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. How are you doing today? Good, good. Now, Brian was talking about this earlier. He said, all right, I talked to a lot of guys in the Dakotas that are spraying at herbicide timing really early in the season and quite a few that are spraying at heading, but a lower number that are spraying at flag leaf, and this is where we get the biggest yield gains. It doesn't make sense to us. 
Yeah, you know, when you get up north here, that's kind of been the trend lately. We, you know, we get these cool springs and you see a lot of tan spots and other leaf diseases in there early. So it's pretty, pretty easy and economical to just throw a fungicide in there with that herbicide timing. And then, you know, it seems like we kind of forget about that flag leaf and we're just kind of focused on the, the heading timing, you know, but if we end up getting like some rust blowing in or something, that flag leaf is really important to keep an eye on. Cause that's gonna, that, that guy right there is contributing about half of your yield that comes from that for your grain. It's interesting. I've seen some studies where, where farmers have gone in and just pulled flag leaves off and just tried to simulate, okay, let's just say that thing got loaded up with disease and was just worthless to us. What kind of yield would we get? And it it's eye-opening how that changes what you're going to get for yield. I know in corn, it's kind of the same thing, which really surprises farmers. What? If I lose the the ear leaf in corn, it's just as bad. Yeah, it's well, it's not quite as bad, but it's just about as bad as losing that flag leaf. So think about that. If you're raising multiple crops, wow, this is a really important timing. So what should we be doing there, Ryan? If, if you're saying we need to use a fungicide, what are some of the considerations we should have in picking the right one? Yeah, you know... Um it's really going to come down to what you've been using earlier in the year, you know, for modes of action. We got a few, there's a lot of triazoles that go out, SDHIs, um, strobies, you know, what that flag leaf timing, the stroby products or a product containing a stroby, you know, something like your top guard EQ is probably the best. Um, then you still have that option of some of your other triazoles to come back with that heading. Um, those strobies really seem to help keep that flag leaf green and are really good on those rust diseases that tend to be the main factor there. You know, we do get some other leaf diseases, your tan spots and whatnot, leaf blotches, um, but typically we're taking care of those pretty well if we're doing that herbicide timing. So we really want to scout and make sure nothing's coming in and affecting that flag leaf. We get a lot of farmers that are out there scouting and they're looking for disease, but they're also looking for and finding insects. And when we think about that, uh, oftentimes we're trying to save a trip and we don't want to drive through so many times. So if we see some bugs that are a problem or growing to be a problem and we're going to spray a fungicide, how does that change things? Do those two insecticide and fungicide, do those two products uh, mix well? Is that something that we could do through the same application? Yeah, that definitely is. Um, it kind of depends on what insecticide you're using. Some of them, some of them can heat heat up your fungicide a little bit and cause a little leaf burn. Um, you just kind of want to be careful and talk to your local agronomist about what you're mixing there, because there's certain ones that have some different interactions. Um, but typically, like if you're doing a, you know, a pyrethroid. Um, and a fungicide, you'll be okay. But some of those other ones just depends on the formulation for, you know, if they can heat things up and whatnot. All right. Other things that we get for questions around this with fungicides, and you had mentioned TopGuard EQ. What about what about additives? We hear a lot of farmers talking about I can use this additive or that additive to help spread and stick a little better or to help drive it into the plant. Have you had good luck with any of the additives? And is there anything that, that's just a standard recommendation that you'd say, oh, yeah, you always want to add this with a fungicide? Yeah, I mean, I would, you know, at that flag leaf timing, I'd always put an oil in there to help it spread and get, get down in the canopy. You know, typically we're getting pretty warm and, you know, some of these are going on with airplanes. Some of them aren't. Um, 
you know, just really drive, get that oil, get it down into that canopy and really spread on that big leaf. Um, you know, the more coverage you get, the better it's going to do. How about fertilizer, Ryan? Because uh, I know Brian was talking about this just the other day on the show, and we were talking about getting more protein in that seed. And he was saying, you know, we need late nitrogen. We need late nitrogen. Is this the way to do it? Are you a big stream bar fan? What what ways have you seen be effective with that? And and if you did put it with a fungicide, what would be your cautionary tale to tell? Yeah, you know, I haven't seen a lot of growers do the fungicide with the nitrogen, but there is quite a bit, you know, that stream bar and whatnot that's going on. The big thing is you know, it's it's just like with the insecticide, you can end up getting a little more leaf burn when you put them in there again. Um, you're already going to get some from the nit- from the nitrogen, but, you know, it's kind of a farm-by-farm farm basis, but that is definitely a good route to take. We're talking with Ryan Hunt here with FMC about flag leaf fungicides. Okay, Ryan, so talk to us. You mentioned, and I, and I had talked about this too, that we like different products at different stages. What are you doing early season? I know in, in uh, spring wheat, a lot of guys out there have got real small wheat right now or thinking about getting out and spraying here in the near term. What would you use differently there? Obviously, you could probably go a little bit lower rate with a smaller plant. Yeah, exactly. So a lot of what's going out right now is a, is a triazol product, and what we're promoting is um, Top Guard fungicide. So it's it's basically a half half use rate. So it's low. It's pretty economical. Throw it in with that herbicide. Um, the big thing with that is the residual in the soil and the mobility in the plant. So as that plant grows, it'll keep taking it up. Versus a lot of the other fungicides are just going to wear out and peter out right there but you know it is a little plant so you don't need as much but you will get that residual um it's going to take care of all those you know those early leaf diseases tan spot you know your leaf blotches and whatnot a lot of times people don't realize those little you know lesions on the leaves when they're small um really do add up to some yield factors later on and if you don't take care of them early they will get into that flag leaf later and have a problem then too we mentioned when we've got these cool early springs, and here we go again, and it's real easy to get disease started out there, but I see too many farmers still using the cheapest thing they can find, which is generally propiconazole. How is TopGuard different? You mentioned mobility. Uh, do you see enough of a difference to justify spending a few more bucks? Yeah, we do. Um, we really see the difference in the mobility in that plant, and we get a little root uptake. Um and it really just the length of control and you know that wheat isn't growing real fast probably it's just sitting there vulnerable for that disease just how long it will last there and help protect that plant really really seems to be the benefit there we're talking with ryan hunt here with fmc Uh, ryan thank you so much really appreciate the time today there's there's a lot of different things to think about here with flagley fungicides we talked about coverage earlier in the show talking about products here with ryan even talking about rates a little bit Uh, certainly there's a lot of choices out there so don't just get caught up in the well here's what i did last year so i'm going to do it again ryan thanks for for laying out some of those choices for us and helping us through helping us through this Yep, thanks for having me. Have a good rest of the day. Yep, you too. Our phone lines are open on today's program. If you're saying, "Eh, I'm not really raising wheat, but I'm interested in some other agronomic questions, we'll certainly tackle them. 844 
44 ag phd our email is always open radio at agphd.com we've got a number of emails that have been rolling in i had one that came in from randy he said uh, you guys were talking about nutrients before and i'm just wondering are you talking units all the time are you talking pounds of fertilizer products uh, the best thing I could say, Randy, is just look at the Ag PhD Fertilizer Removal app and we'll talk about how much you need for each yield goal. And you could just look through and see exactly how many pounds of fertilizer that you're going to need. That might be the easiest thing. So we're all talking the same language, no matter which fertility product you happen to choose. We'll be right back with more after this. Weather or not, relentless control is what you get with Anthem Max Herbicide from FMC. Protect your season from tough broadleaf weeds and grasses with dual modes of action and overlapping residuals that also minimize resistance. With an easy-to-tank mix formulation and wide application window, Anthem Max Herbicide is ready when you are. Visit your FMC retailer or ag.fmc.com to learn more. Always read and follow all label directions. When it comes to weed control, our cards have always been on the table because we believe you deserve near zero volatility, flexible tank mixing, and a wide application window. That's the Enlist weed control system, just better, with no ifs, ands, or buts. Discover better weed control. Enlist.com. Enlist.com. Customer service goes a long way when trying something new. Ryan Shaw from Michigan shares how Soil Warrior helped him transition to strip tillage in his operation. The Soil Warrior guys, they are amazing to work with. They made this jump in this transition extremely painless. It, one question that I get all the time is, how is the service and everything? And I said, well, actually, I get better service from them than I typically do my dealers uptown. They're just amazing. More info at SoilWarrior.com. Heat, drought, wind, hail, northern corn leaf blight, gray leaf spot. If your corn is under stress, you are too. Get Veltima fungicide, swift activity, with fast payback, an expanded application window. Makes life simple, and it's a secure choice, with powerful residual for visibly healthier corn. Swift, simple, secure. Veltima fungicide. Call your BASF rep today. Always read and follow label directions. Veltima fungicide is not registered in all states. Downtime during spraying can lead to huge yield losses. Keep rolling with the Pentair Hypro Force Field. This pump features a unique self-regulated chamber that allows the pump to run dry while eliminating cracked seals, so you can spray longer and more reliably. Learn more at pentair.com hypro. Start your crop off right with the Germinator Closing Wheel from Farm Shop MFG. Our spike design excels on variable soils and shatters compaction. Plus, the unique shoulder firmer encases a seed to maximize seed-to-soil contact. Order yours at farmshopmfg.com. No matter what time of the year it is on your farm, with a Bayer Plus Rewards program, earning and redeeming rewards are always in season. Because when you buy two or more eligible seed or crop protection products throughout the year, you earn $3 per acre in cashback rewards. Cash you can redeem and reinvest in your farm later in the season. That's Bayer Plus Rewards, and that's how we're helping make every part of your season, well, rewarding. Visit MyBayerPlus.com to learn more. See program terms and conditions for full details.
Talking flag leaf fungicides for wheat on today's Ag PhD radio program. Also taking your calls and agronomic questions on any agronomic topic at 844-44-AG-PHD. Or you can email us radio at agphd.com. Now some of the products and, and some of the considerations around fungicide application in wheat definitely pertain to other crops. So if you're hearing, oh hey, that's a product I use in my corn or my soybeans or my cotton don't be surprised. You're going to hear some of the same things and also some of the same concerns around getting good coverage and those types of things. Real happy to have TJ Benz with us right now with Syngenta down in Kansas. TJ, thanks for joining us. Thanks for the opportunity. All right. So we're looking at fungicide use in wheat. And to me, I suggested, and maybe I'm all wrong here, TJ, maybe I'm too much of a planner, which my wife would not agree with, but maybe I'm too much of a planner. I, I say, if you're going to plant a flag leaf fungicide, you really need to know the whole season, what you're going to use. So you can rotate which products you're using, which chemical families you're using, those types of things. Is resistance, disease resistance to fungicides a big issue for wheat farmers as well? So it's not an issue at this point in time, but, you know, it's never an issue until it's there. So uh, prevention is always going to be the best cause that we can do. I I totally agree. And we've really got, when you think about the Strabillion family, we've got the Triazole family, we've got this SDHI family, which is becoming really popular. Growers are seeing a difference with some of the products that have that mode of action in it. And the thing I like is that we're seeing so many combinations that have two or even three of these different modes of action. I know you're familiar with with these products, these chemical families, TJ. Talk to us a little bit about what growers should be thinking about at flag leaf timing, which families should be on the table, if there's any that should be off. Yeah, so when we're looking at flag leaf, you know, and and when we talk about resistance, we have to stop and think about when we're talking about resistance with weeds, you're thinking about what has happened in my field the last, you know, four, five, ten years. When we're talking about diseases, when we're talking about stripe rust, it's actually developing in Texas and then coming up to us. So there's been an opportunity for that, that same disease to have been sprayed a couple different times before it ever gets to us. So using multiple effective modes of action is going to be extremely important, and especially when we're looking at that preventative side, making sure that we're getting those strobularins and the SDHIs with a product like Trivapro is going to be very, very important to keep that disease from ever developing. You know, when we we think about that, getting something that lasts is really important. At the flag leaf, we've got all the leaves out. We're just waiting for the head to come. And if we've got good protection on that plant so we're able to to maximize what what energy we can gather from the sun and and the productivity that's going to all go into making a monstrous wheat head, it's our best chance Mm -hmm. for yield. And this year, we've got an opportunity to make some profit here. Yeah, we do. And, and, you know, you you said the word prevent. So I guess I always take it back to, is it better to put a Band-Aid on yourself or not to cut yourself? So that's one of the things we always have to think about is making those applications before the disease is in the plant, because we can have the disease in the plant, you know, a week, 10 days before we ever see any of the, any of the symptoms showing up. You know, and we're, we're lucky and, and you are as well, where you farm 
north of where there's some wheat production. So you can see, yeah. oh, here's disease flaring up in the south. We've really got to pay attention to that because it's a sign of what's coming our way. And it just doesn't take very long for things to move north and you don't have a whole lot of time to react. So what do you, what's your recommendation around that TJ where you're at in Kansas? Are you watching Texas? Are you watching Oklahoma? And when you see stuff down there, how quickly are you acting? Yeah. So I'm watching Oklahoma. I'm watching Texas and I'm watching Eastern Kansas right now. I've been getting some texts from some sales reps today and it's getting closing in very, very quickly. And so really what I'm waiting on now is for that flag leaf to get halfway out, and that's when it's going to be time to make that application. Um, we know we've got the wheat. We know the disease is going to be there, and we're going to have the weather. So make the application at the right time to be able to maximize your, your return on it. We haven't had much rain yet, but eventually it's going to rain. And then we get the question, okay, talk to us about rain fast. Talk to us about if we put this fungicide out, is a rain going to wash it off or does it just need a certain amount of time and it's locked in for good on the plant? Yeah. So with like Trivapro, the rain fast is going to be as soon as it's dry on a leaf. So I typically tell people two hours is what the amount of time we're going to take to be able to be rain fast. Yeah. And I think we really do benefit being in the West where our humidity is oftentimes lower and we've got a shot to get things dry down there a little bit faster than other places. But these early season applications, we've still got a, a good amount of humidity. It may take just a little bit longer, but smaller droplets also help. We were talking earlier about coverage and how we need excellent coverage to get the most out of these fungicides. Do you have any stories around that? Have you seen some big differences with uh, all the different spray tips that applicators and farmers are using in your area? Uh, so coverage is going to be key, but the thing we have to remember is, is we're really worrying about that flag leap. So watching your pressure, making sure you're not pushing it all the way through is going to be very important too. But as far as great stories about that, I am not going to uh, throw my any of my people underneath the bus <laughs> on that one. I, I think we all know. And I've talked to so many farmers <laughs> over the years that unintentionally, oh man, I was spraying dicamba before I went to the fungicide. I forgot to switch the tips and I had uh -huh. these great big droplets out there and a lot of them just blew right through and landed on the ground. But you know, it's just one of those things. And we were talking with Nick Flights with Pentair about incline nozzles, dual fan nozzles. Do you see a lot of those getting used now in wheat? So we're starting to see more, but typically in, in our area, um, if we're going to have a fungicide put on wheat, most time it's going to go on with an airplane. So we don't see a whole lot of ground rigs going on because typically if our wheat's that good, um, they're going to be running a plane over the top of it, honestly. Any problems you're seeing in wheat this year? Is there anything that you're hearing about in terms of uh, heavy weed pressure, early season bugs, anything going on? Yeah, so the weed pressure has kind of been a little bit slow just because we've been so cool out here. I know it's hard to believe that when we were 92 degrees yesterday, but uh, we had been cool. <laughs> so the weeds have been growing very slow. We have had some aphids in eastern Kansas, and then we've got our uh, brown wheat mites in western Kansas is normal if it's not going to rain on us. So. Um, but that's that's most of it. I mean, nothing nothing out of the ordinary. It's something we deal with all the time. Are you seeing anything different with the aphids? I know there's some areas that we're hearing growers say, well, my pyrethroids aren't effective. But when I ask them what their use rates are, it's really low use rates. So is it is it more of a rate right. thing or is it a product selection? I think there's a couple different things that go into it. And I think back to also alfalfa when we're looking at that. So 
number one, we have to keep our rates up. Number two, with these weather conditions we've had, we've had it warm, cool, warm, cool. And a lot of these applications went on when everything was cool. And so a lot of those insects were actually cleared down to the bottom of the plant. And so they weren't getting the contact that we really needed. And they might have just sat there for a couple of days waiting for a warming trend. So environment plays a big, big role in it also. Yeah, it sure does. And and one environmental factor that I had a grower on uh, earlier that it, that had sent in some information about hail. And he said, it missed me, but neighbors not too far away got a bunch of hail. When you see hail on wheat, I know in corn and, and some other crops, we'll, we'll have growers say, man, I'm going to get a fungicide out there and try and protect my plant, try to help with plant health and, and just in any way try to recover from from the damage that's happened. Do you see farmers spraying fungicides following a hailstorm in wheat areas? Typically not. Um, we typically don't have those hails early season. It's a hail right before the combine hits the field, so everything just shatters out and yeah. we're too late to make a fungicide application. Yeah, those, those white combines hit every once in a while, it seems like. Yeah, they're no they're no fun for sure. We're talking with T.J. Benz down in Kansas about flagleaf fungicides in wheat and other topics. T.J., thank you so much. Really appreciate having you on. Good luck here this growing season. Thank you. Yeah, the flagleaf fungicide for, for us on our farm, when, when we've got small grains, which we aren't big small grain farmers here, mostly in corn and soybean country, but we do definitely see some disease showing up through this area. We're looking at three passes with our fungicides, especially when prices are good, at least planning that up front. And yes, if we're bone dry and everything looks like the leaves are clean, there's no disease in the area whatsoever, we may or may not spray, but we're typically shooting for high yields and trying to protect that crop the best we can. So between a herbicide application uh, with a fungicide, a flagleaf fungicide, and then something at heading time, those are the timings that we're targeting in wheat. We'll dive into the Ag PhD mailbag coming up next. Revitech fungicide from BASF has been specifically developed for the selective soybean grower who doesn't compromise. If you think good is good enough, if you're okay with just achieving rather than overachieving, if average is your goal, this is not the fungicide for you. Revitech fungicide, brand new chemistry, three no excuse modes of action, zero modes of compromise. Sounds like the fungicide for you. Revitech fungicide from BASF, that's smart. Always read and follow label directions. Did you know soybean diseases like white mold and sudden death syndrome can survive in your soil even after rotating crops? Prevention of these diseases is a constant battle and yield loss from an infection can be devastating. The right management plan makes all the difference. Keep your beans safe this spring with Heads Up Seed Treatment. Heads Up guards your seed from both white mold and SDS. Stay protected and profitable by asking your seed dealer for Heads Up. Learn more at headsupst.com. Are you worried about nitrogen loss this spring? Well, we asked retailers what they thought about Instinct NextGen Nitrogen Stabilizer from Corteva AgriScience. What they said was so inspiring, we got an actor to reenact it. <clears throat> it's a great return on investment. A great return. Investment, investment, great return. All right, I think I'm ready to record. It's that simple. Instinct NextGen is a great return on investment because it protects your nitrogen. Learn more at protectnitrogen.com. 
High-yield growers know that bringing in big bushels means establishing excellent emergence. Start your crop off right with the Germinator Closing Wheel from Farm Shop MFG. The Germinator Spike design excels in variable soils and eliminates sidewall compaction. But what makes the Germinator unique is its inner rim shoulder firmer, which encases the seed with soil, maximizing seed-to-soil contact. It's not just any closing wheel. Reach your yield potential at farmshopmfg.com. Wherever you go, whatever you're doing, whenever you want. Farm your way with Case IH AFS Connect. Now you can farm, share data, and manage your fleet however, whenever, and wherever you want. Learn more at caseih.com slash farm your way. Morton Buildings knows that great buildings need great people, and we want you to be the newest member of our team. Morton is expanding its construction crew, and we're seeking new and experienced candidates to fill our crew member positions. Morton provides great pay and training, so be a part of the next generation to build Morton. Don't let the opportunity to join the best construction crew in the business pass you by. Learn more on our careers page at mortonbuildings.com. listening to Ag PhD Radio, broadcasting from the Morton studio today, and we're right in the middle of the Ag PhD mailbag time now, taking your calls and agronomic questions at 844-44-AG-PHD, or you can email us, radio at agphd.com. All right, Brian, uh, first question comes from George in Bulgaria, said, got a couple of questions for you. First of all, when I'm making my strip till, I need a GPS signal. Do I need RTK or is a lesser signal good enough? A lesser signal is good enough. I will just tell you when we first started doing strip till on our farm, we were worried about following the strip because at the time we mostly had RTK, (laughs) but not entirely. And I thought, okay, well, what's going to happen if we get off the strip? So we ran trials at 5 inches over, 10 inches over, and 15 inches over. And what we found was if we were within 5 inches of where the strip was, then we were in pretty good shape. If we got 10 inches or 15 inches over, then obviously we suffered a little bit. Our stands weren't as good. Our yield was down a little bit. But, yeah, if you can keep it close, you're generally speaking pretty good. But, I mean, you've got to be able to keep it close. The whole thing is the reason why we switched from no-till to strip-till is because we wanted our soil warmer in the spring. We plant into really cold conditions. We were talking about that early in the show today. Well, when we're in that strip, it's like seven degrees warmer than in between. So if you're going back and forth, oh, I'm in the strip. Oh, no, I'm not in the strip. Now I'm in the strip. Now I'm not in. What's going to happen is you're going to have plants that are going to have a lot of uneven heights, and you're not going to be super happy with that. So try to be consistent, try to be in the strip, don't have to have RTK, but RTK is really nice if you can get it. All right, his second question, again, this is from George in Bulgaria. He said, we've got an average soil cation exchange capacity of 25, so we've got heavy soils. We're getting about 15 to 20 inches of yearly rainfall, so in a moderately dry climate. 
We're using Outlook or a product called Dual Gold as our pre-emerge herbicide in corn about 15 to 30 days before we plant, and we've been really happy with the results. But we haven't really focused on broadleaf herbicides, but I think I need to start adding a broadleaf herbicide to that pre-emerge application too. However, here in Europe, some of the active ingredients that you talk about on your show to control broadleaf weeds are not labeled, and I can't really find good substitutes. So what do you think about the active ingredient from Valor, the active ingredient from Prowl H2O, or one of the triazine products mixed with metolachlor or with our Outlook? No, no, and I really don't like it. It's a last resort. So the atrazine, if you want to go atrazine, like I say, last resort, don't love that pre. I like it a lot better post. So if it's me, I'm going to try to use an HVPD post-emerge along with some atrazine in our country that's going to cost us four dollars an acre for really really good broadleaf control there's also dicamba that could get used and then there's a product here in the united states called status that's got dipufenzapir along with a little bit of dicamba and that's for, for post-emerge it's just also the most expensive yes post-emerge pre-emerge there's nothing that's great Sta- uh, sharpen i should say sharpen is pretty good. I don't remember what the active ingredient is off the top of my head, but the the herbicide Sharpen, that's uh, from BSF, and that will help you a lot. But the problem is this. You're not going to get 100% control when you go pre-emerge. So ever since I was a little kid, I have heard farmers tell me, oh, I want to do one pass and kill everything. Well, that's fantasy land about 98% of the time. Every once in a while, you luck out, and for whatever reason, it works perfectly. But there are always some weeds that escape the one-pass system, and I just don't like weeds escaping because that means i got more to deal with in the future. So if it's me, I'd continue to do what you're doing and having success with that outlook or dual gold early, but then just follow post-emerge with something like an HPPD and atrazine if you could. If you can't, I understand where you might want to put your atrazine down free. Or if Sharpen is labeled there, use a little bit of Sharpen pre-emerge. Yeah, and, and one of the things that George made a comment, he said, I prefer to keep my HPPD in the post-emerge category. And honestly, George, you've got a really good program. If you can do a, a strong rate of your outlook or your metolachlor down and then come back with your HPPD post and hopefully finding another mode of action, maybe it's atrazine. We really like the synergy with atrazine and HPPDs. That, that That's a pretty nice program for controlling weeds. Thanks for the question. We really, yep. really appreciate that. All right, Brian, this one comes from Farmer Doc, and he said, you guys talk about a high rate of Roundup, and specifically you're talking about Canada thistle control. How do you define a high rate of Roundup for this weed and for others? The highest labeled rate. So just look on the label, and whatever it says for your situation, then use the highest rate that is on there. That's what we're talking about. And the reason why we say that, instead of giving you a specific number, is because it can vary based on the crop, based on how far in advance of planting you are. Uh, I, I mean, there, there are some variables in there for rate. I, I will tell you as a general statement, I have always been fairly happy with a quart and a half of four-pound glyphosate, so that would be a quart of six-pound, but I am much happier with two quarts of four-pound glyphosate and you know, that's roughly a quart and a third of six pound. 
All right. Thanks for the question. Yeah. And court I'm the, and a, sorry, court and a half. Yeah. Court, court and a half. I mean, somewhere in that range. Court and a third, court and a half on six pound. But again, you got to check on is it labeled for my particular situation? But if you can do that and use that strong rate, you're going to be in good shape, especially when the weather is good. So we've had a lot of questions the last couple of weeks about spraying glyphosate, and I'm like, you know, and what? Not a chance in the world. We're getting these cold temps. We don't want that. Ideally, we want the nighttime temperature above 50 and the daytime temperature above 70 for best results with glyphosate and just about any contact herbicide. All right. Thanks for the question. We really appreciate that. Get this one from Joel. And he said, I've, far, I've got a farm in southern Illinois where our soil type and elevation change radically over a very short distance. We've got fields that are 30 to 50 acres with 5 to 10 different soil types and CECs ranging from 8 to 20 within the same field. With that being Sounds said... Like us. Uh, yeah. So with that being said, I understand it's a lot of variance. And I'm just wondering, what do you target for good levels of fertility with NPK, sulfur and micros? Do you have a certain number that you're shooting for on your farm and on variable ground? Uh, would you increase or decrease that on the sweet spots of the field? Well, uh, yeah, to some degree, but we've got to think about leachable nutrients and non-leachable nutrients. So, for example, phosphorus, zinc, copper, and to some degree potassium, they aren't going anywhere. So you can build those up pretty well. But let's just take potassium as a good example. We usually are shooting a certain percentage in the soil. So, uh, like in our farm last fall, potash was cheap. So we built every single field we have up to 6 or 7% base saturation K. Well, in heavy soil, your 20 CEC, it's going to take a lot of pounds. I mean, we had some where we applied 800 pounds. We also had some light ground where we only needed 100 pounds to get the same thing accomplished. So in your light ground, you are going to be putting on less, and you'll still get to that same percentage. With phosphorus, though, we're typically looking at 100 parts per million on, on P. Now, if it's light ground and you go, boy, my, my ground can't produce that much. If you want to go less than that, I certainly get it. But we're usually shooting for 100 parts per million on P. And then with zinc and copper, we have to keep that in ratio to the phosphorus. So if instead of 100, I set my goal at 50, well, that changes my goal on zinc and it changes my goal on copper. I want to be roughly 10 to 1 phosphorus to zinc. So where I'm going to be 50 on phosphorus, that means 5 on zinc. I want to be roughly 25 or 30 to 1 phosphorus to copper. So now all of a sudden I'm down to 2 parts per million on copper in those areas, those lighter areas, and I'm fine. With nitrogen and sulfur and boron, you're not going to be able to build up very well in those light spots. So that's where it's nice doing variable rate. It's nice doing some side dressing and things like that. Well, I like a lot about this question, though, Joel. I like that you're focused on all of the nutrients that your crop is going to need. And I like that you're focused on the variations out in the field. So that tells me you're either zone or grid sampling on a fairly small basis, which is fantastic. And you're looking at the complete analysis of the soil. That really helps us a lot rather than just pulling a sample or two out in the field and not having all the nutrients measured. So like Brian was talking about some of the balance issues, if one thing gets really high, then you need to be a little bit higher on some of the other things to, to really stay in balance. Well, thanks for listening to our show today. Be sure to join us again each weekday for more Ag PhD Radio. It's going to be a lot to discuss as we go into this exciting growing season.